0: this is the oanda podcast this is the oanda market insights podcast talking to oanda senior market analysts across the world and today we're joined by jeff halley oanda senior market analyst for asia pacific good afternoon from london jeff how are you
1: yeah good and good evening from asia stepping in once again for the right honorable craig earlham this week
0: indeed and he's actually missed quite a busy week hasn't it we've seen over the last 24 hours or so, some big announcements from central banks. As expected, last night the US Fed raised rates by 50 basis points. And of course, today we've seen the Bank of England with its decision as expected, 25 basis points. A brief word on the United States first, though. What was surprising to many yesterday, Jeff, was US market reaction which rose significantly as much as 3%. Was that because of the forward guidance coming from the Fed?
1: Yeah, I think that the concern in the markets was that they would hike by 0.75%. And when they didn't do that, and when Jerome Powell signaled that the next two rate hikes, which will be in the next two meetings, would be at 0.5%, markets were looking for an excuse to buy the dip. And so we saw US stocks rally very hard. And as you said, they went up by 3%. We saw the dollar fall extensively against both developed market and emerging market currencies. But it does look like a dead cat bounce to me. I mean, we're already seeing the dollar rallying today. European stocks are up today, but US futures are lower. Intrinsically, nothing's really changed in the world. And 3.5% rate hikes over the next three months is still hawkish in my mind. Uh, They're also gonna start quantitatively easing from June. So they're gonna start selling out $45 billion worth of uh, bonds and mortgage-backed securities, which they're going to scale up to 95 billion uh, by September. So there's a lot of tightening coming through the system, and I'm not quite sure If um, the Fed's confidence is going to be carried forward, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to see how they can do that much tightening and not have some sort of impact. I think the net result will be that it will continue to be a challenging environment for equities
0: across the world in 2022. Yeah, no doubt it's a mixed picture, particularly on this side of the Atlantic, which, as I said, the Bank of England raising rates by 25 basis points to 1%. That is the highest level since 2009. It seems strange even now after all these years of very, very low interest rates to say 1% is high. Exactly. (laughs) But I suppose compared with a year ago, uh, it, it is comparatively. It's the fourth consecutive increase since December. And there are already signs that those rate increases are starting to affect the UK economy as consumers rein in their spending a bit. But the crucial thing, as with the US Fed yesterday, Jeff, is the forward guidance, how did the members of the Monetary Policy Committee vote and what have we got in store to come?
1: Yeah, and I think this is why we've seen the market reactions we have. So the the, the committee itself voted six members to three to raise interest rates by 0.25%. The other three members voted for a half a percent rate hike. So there's disunity on, on the committee anyway, which is potentially negative for markets. I think the most important thing here is that they've maintained the 2022 growth forecast at 3.75%, but they've slashed the UK's growth forecast to minus 0.25% from plus 1.25% for next year. So clearly the Bank of England think that there's going to be some sort of slowdown, not just in the UK, but in uh, the economies around the United Kingdom and potentially the world. I think the markets have interpreted that as less tightening will come through the system from the bank of england and let's remember that they do have to encapsulate the uh, downstream effects of the war in the ukraine into their equations as does the ecb and you know you can't have any argument with that so we've seen opposite reactions in equity markets and currency markets the FTSE 100 is up by 1.3 percent although European equities in general are rallying today. But we're seeing sterling taking a real bath, and it's down by, uh, looking at my uh, system right here, uh, I can see it's down by over 1.5% at this stage, 1.6%. So the markets haven't liked it as far as the interest rate differential Uh, with the United States. So the United States is hiking by 0.5% increments. They're going to engage in this really aggressive quantitative tightening by reducing their balance sheet. The Bank of England is going by 0.25% increments and hasn't yet come up with a plan for reducing their balance sheet. And I can see, and with that slashed growth forecast next year, sterling is literally being stretched off injured. And as we speak, it's testing uh, 124.40.
0: Very interesting. And that divergence between the UK and the US is is, bound to have a massive effect on Sterling. And you said to me just before we came on air earlier that you can imagine Sterling going to sort of Brexit uh, numbers below, uh, you know, 1.2 and around that figure um, in the not too distant future.
1: Well, the technical picture has been very negative for the euro, for example, for a while now. It, had, it broke a 45 year trend line support at 108. Uh, The other, I think uh, it was early last week, and it's not really recovered since. And in fact, it's given up nearly all of its uh, overnight gains in European trading. Uh, That was an extremely uh, bearish signal and does suggest that we could see a move uh, from the euro below parity before this whole dollar rally has finished. Similarly, the setup technically for sterling has been pretty average. It's been in a downward channel since it hit. Uh, the the 142 level uh, in the middle of last year and when it broke 130 finally uh, uh, last week it's absolutely plummeted and we are looking now at around 124.30 as I suggest as I said before, I think a break of 124 suggests at least another 200 points lower from a technical perspective Uh, and I'm not ruling out a move below 120 and potentially uh, a a move uh, towards those absolute Brexit lows if UK growth, as you were alluding to before, starts to slow dramatically, be it from higher rates, be it from a slowing economy externally, uh, be it from an escalation in tensions in Eastern Europe.
0: Yeah, the escalation in tensions in Eastern Europe are one of those known unknowns.
1: Exactly, and, and uh, there's only downside there. I mean, you know, when you have Europe uh, looking at enacting this uh, oil uh, embargo on Russian oil imports, We don't know how Vladimir Putin's going to react to this. Is he going to react by going cut off European natural gas? I can guarantee that if he cuts off European natural gas in totality, we're going to see the euro more than likely test parity and it will be a strong negative headwind for for sterling as well. We are likely to see a move uh, below 120.
0: Even though, ironically, we don't actually import much gas from the Russians.
1: Guilty by association, I call it.
0: Before we leave you, Jeff, you're out there in Asia-Pacific. What's happening at the moment with COVID as far as China is concerned? Because that has had uh, quite a sizable effect on markets as well. Are things tending to calm down now?
1: Well, China markets returned from a three-day holiday today, but we still had uh, Japan and uh, South Korea out. It's been a very holiday-impacted week here in Asia. You know, they did manage to make a, a small rally today, but it ran out of steam later in the session. I think that the situation remains challenging for China. They're tightening and extending restrictions in Beijing. They have unwound quite a few of the restrictions in Shanghai, but many other parts of China, many other Chinese cities, um, are, are still under quite heavy restrictions. You're just not reading about it in the news. Uh, and there's quite a bit of social unrest uh, due to the impact of these things, and it's even overwhelming the government senses. Net result is, is that the environment for growth remains very challenging In China, and we saw a very poor services PMI come out today, suggesting that it's really impacting uh, consumer discretionary spending now. Uh, And I I suspect that China's growth forecast will be revised to 4% or lower as the year goes on. I think as long as they stick to this COVID zero policy, and let's face it, we don't really see China changing its mind too often when it decides to do something, that will be challenging and that will inevitably. Spill over into reduced growth forecasts for neighboring uh, Asian economies as well.
0: Okay, Jeff, have a good day, or what's left of it for you. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Johnny.
1: This is the OANDA podcast.